Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm-hmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. The certificates having been read, the tellers will ascertain and deliver the result to the President of the Senate. The undersigned, Roy Blunt and Amy Klobuchar, tellers on the part of the Senate, Zoe Lofgren and Rodney Davis, tellers on the part of the House of Representatives, report the following as a result of the ascertainment and counting of the electoral vote for President and Vice President of the United States for the term beginning on the 20th day of January, 2021. The report we make is that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be the president and the vice president according to the ballots that have been given to us. Welcome to Game of Roses, coup edition. This is Pace Case. (laughs) This is Bachelor Clues, and what a day. Just to let everyone know, we're recording this on Wednesday, January 6th, the year 2021, at 3.10 p.m. Pacific Coast time, as I'm sure you're all aware by now. Some very monumental things are happening in our government of these United States. I woke up and I was so happy. And then it all went wrong. (laughs) Some things are going very right. Some things are going very wrong. We, of course, are going to address these things. As you know, this is This Week in Bachelor Nation. This is the episode we do at the last part of the week after we give you our game breakdown where we're going to go through all the significant things that are happening in the Bachelor world in our Bachelor Nation news segment. We're going to talk about all the Instagram gains and the social media moves of players in this current season. We are, of course, going to deliver you our Screams from the Pit, where we address issues of our own sanity as we descend further into our fandom of this show and our coverage of it. And before we do any of that, though, as many longtime listeners know, we do a thing at the beginning of this week in Bachelor Nation called Game of Roses. State of the World. And in this segment, we are going to deliver news about something that is going on in the world at large, some bigger part of news, and we are going to tell you how it's related to Bachelor Nation, even though it might seem like it's not. 2021 is starting off with a bang. Yesterday was the deadliest day so far in the pandemic, which continues to spiral out of control. I think I saw that one in five people in LA is testing positive for COVID right now horrifying. That is where Bachelor Clues and I are right now. And this morning, my joyous moment, John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock are projected to win their Senate races, bringing the total Senate body to a 50-50 split between Republicans and Democrats. And with Kamala Harris being sworn in as VP, she will be the tie-breaking vote, meaning the Senate has flipped. Thank you, Georgia. And that means that we are now poised on a day When the Democrats are about to assume full control of the U.S. political system, they will have the White House, they will have the Senate, they will have the House. This means they can literally pass any bill they want at will. 
Will they do that or not is another question. And we must hold them accountable every step of the way if we want to see any actual change and not just a reversion to servitude to our corporate overlords. (laughs) But the bigger news is that as the Democrats are poised to do all of this, armed terrorists have overrun the Capitol to interrupt the certification of the Electoral College votes in support of Donald Trump after he and his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, spoke at a rally using the phrase combat to describe their plans moving forward. Trump has since released a video begrudgingly telling his armed insurrectionists to go home, but in the same video, he also lies about the election being stolen and says everybody's a beautiful person on his side and he understands what we're going through. This is a first in American history that the Capitol building has been taken by terrorists and just earlier this year when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening everywhere, including outside the Capitol building in D.C., we saw tiers of armed guards in battle armor with machine guns protecting that building. But today, when it is predominantly white Trump supporters, they are allowed to walk in, take photographs in some Senate offices, sit literally in the fucking chairs in the Senate room. And there's supposedly maybe pipe bombs that were dropped off in different places. Um, Notably, like this wasn't a spur of the moment, quote unquote, protest. Uh, This had been planned. They had time to plan. And during the BLM protests, they, I mean, the first one I went to after George Floyd was murdered by police the police all shot tear gas and rubber bullets at the crowd. Like, none of that was employed here. I, I don't know if it's ever been so apparent the hypocritical white supremacists supporting effect of the police. Like, the fact that I saw there were people taking selfies with police. Are you kidding? Terrorists. Ultimately, I think this is the result of our first reality television show president. His entire identity is based on lies and propaganda, as are all reality television shows, Bachelor included. And now we're at a point where he has amassed a body of people that believe his lies to such a degree they will behave in this manner. They will commit open crime. They will commit terrorist acts against the United States government in his name and the Republicans now. I don't know if this is the end of the Republican Party or if they will just lie their way out of this as well and be like, well, we were never supporters of Donald Trump anyway, blah, blah, blah. I think this idea of. And I don't think they'll be held accountable is the bigger piece of this. I think we're now through a, a new kind of era in American politics where lying is more rampant than it's ever been. And it works. But we'll see. I, I mean, hopefully this is the, the conclusion of the Trump presidency ending on this terrible note. Hopefully it will extinguish a big piece of that movement because politicians will now be forced to say, do you support this? I don't think it's the fact that he's a reality TV president. I think it's the fact that he has been stoking these conspiracy theory embers and light supremacist violence. Like this is an incredibly racially charged protest um you know black lives matter you people were beaten and tear gassed when they're doing like candlelight 
vigils and stuff. The response has been completely different. It's also in a response to black voters organizing and flipping the Senate in Georgia. Like, that is definitely tied to this. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not saying that it's because of reality TV this is happening. I'm saying he excelled in reality TV because this is the type of person he is. He's adept at deception. And reality TV thrives on deception. So he was a huge reality TV star. And now the convergence of reality television and American politics is complete. And so you have to have some skill at the deceit level of a reality television show host to even be in American politics now. You have to understand social media to some degree. I'm not saying AOC is deceptive necessarily, but she's good at social media, which is essentially reality TV. You have to be a celebrity of some kind moving forward in the American political system. You might be asking yourself, we've had this conversation about the terrorist attack currently going on in our U.S. Capitol building and seemingly nothing being done about oh, it. <laughs> I saw just TJ Usi had tweeted, just to be completely clear today, pointed questions like, where is the tear gas? Why don't we see more choke slams? Are not demands for police brutality. They're rhetorical questions meant to highlight the fact that police do know how to avoid police brutality. Yep, they do. And they choose when to use it. Absolutely. Cannot be reformed. Should be defunded. Should be abolished. Should be abolished, in my opinion. And replaced with automated police drones. Now, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) And constant surveillance, which we all could agree on. (laughs) We already have constant surveillance. We're through that one. Like, there's no going back. We have... 10 cameras on us at all times recording our every word to be clear um so for those who are still listening how does this relate to the bachelor (laughs) (laughs) well it relates to the bachelor in a very clear way there's a player from our bachelor nation named james taylor you might remember him for a song that he wrote and performed (laughs) all about his support for his dear leader, Donald Trump. Earlier this year, we played it in its entirety. And yesterday, in his stories, James Taylor had a few videos of him heading to D.C. for the big Trump march. He's there. I don't know if he is one of the insurrectionists. I don't know if he's in the Capitol building right now, but he's there. So the broader question then becomes... How are all of the players within Bachelor Nation reacting to this? Because there is this thing that has happened certainly this past year with our beloved game where players are starting to be a little more vocal about their political and social leanings, especially in the wake of the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement this year. Some players got out in front of it. And the show itself is obviously allowing these conversations to happen, like with um, Ivan and Tasha. So now we're in this moment where all of the Bachelor players are going to have some opinion on this and some are going to choose to weigh in and some are not. And in James Taylor's case, he's fucking there. <laughs> of course he's there. He's like, this is my Coachella, an armed insurrection <laughs> of the U.S. government. He's like, he's probably selling yep. T-shirts. <laughs> no, I immediately have been checking who is posting about this. And you know who has been? Dale Moss. He's going off off on his Instagram stories, and I appreciate it. Of course. Love level for you, DM. (laughs) I just can't. Oh, fuck. He gives me chills. Mm -hmm. His stories. He's 
posting these stories of himself. By the way, earlier today he posted a story where the camera he's taking the <laughs> video and the camera just swooshes <laughs> by his bathroom and he says, "My office for the day." Somebody's if you freeze frame it, which maybe I did. Uh, uh-huh. Someone's in the stall, <laughs> sitting on the toilet with pants around their ankles. Now I'm not going to say that's Claire Crawley, but Dale Moss is also using the song by Salt and Pepper, "Push It." to score this video he's i think he's making her. a subtle yeah i think he's trolling by the way, you don't need to for taking frame a this video if you watch the video it's clear you can see little little feet under the stall it's hilarious this podcast is now just a podcast that recaps all of dale moss's social media posts by the way <laughs> we don't have a choice they're too we good don't have a choice. they are they are amazing but it, the ones you posted just now are these two camera Monologues about how different the police response is for the terrorists versus the peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters. And he's immediate. His reaction is sincere. It's in the moment. You know who he reminds me of? Just to do another sports analogy. Every once in a while in baseball, there would be home run records about to be broken. Season-long home run records or batting average records, whatever. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds ultimately broke the the biggest record of all time, the season-long record. And once it starts getting down to the wire where it's like, oh shit, he's only two home runs away, the coverage of their at-bats becomes necessary every time they come up to the plate. Mm. Now, a player has hundreds and hundreds of at-bats during a season. You're not going to cover every one as news. But when they start to approach these records, they do. ESPN will like interrupt whatever their broadcast is to be like, Barry Bonds is coming up to the plate, and they'll broadcast that as news. Dale Moss is that to me. He's like Barry Bonds <laughs> going for a home run record every fucking day. His poster always news. But I digress. <laughs> So that's it. That's our state of the world. Our government in one way is total blue. We've got Democrats in every major governmental body, full control, and yet no control because there is a terrorist mob literally in the Capitol building right now. I wonder where James Taylor is. By the way, he is a terrorist himself. He has harassed one of my beloved favorite Bachelor Nation players, Ashley Spivey. He has said horrible things to her. Well, we hope everyone, no matter which side of this they are on, remains safe and we hope no one gets hurt or I guess someone has already been shot. We don't know the details of it, who pulled the trigger or even the condition of this person, but hopefully there is no more violence. Hopefully all of this will end as peacefully and safely as possible. They put a 6 p.m. curfew in D.C., which has already past 26 minutes ago so yeah i mean hopefully there is not a lot of change since we will be reporting this and this episode will come out tomorrow thursday but thank you for listening to our state of the world and now of course it's time to move on to much more important business (laughs) this next segment is one in which we go through all of the Instagram moves and the social media moves of players in our current season. We're calling this section This Week in Gains. To begin This Week in Gains, we always talk about the ratings of our beloved game from this week. 
And this week was a little disappointing, not going to lie. It was historic, obviously, the 25th season of The Bachelor. First Black Bachelor in history. It is officially off to the worst start of all time, with the lowest ratings for a season opener ever recorded. The live plus same-day numbers came in at 1.3 for a rating in adults 18 to 49, with 5 million total viewers in the 8 to 10 p.m. time slot. The previous record low was another recent season, season 23, Colton Underwood, which drew in a 1.5 rating with 5.1 million viewers. Matt James' season was down 30% in the target demographic and 18% in the raw viewer number from PP's opening season. This could be a sign of Bachelor Nation's rebuke of the first Black Bachelor, but I think it seems more likely that this is simply the dying breath of network television, because despite the worst numbers yet for this premiere, it still won its time slot Monday night. It still was the most watched show in the 8 to 10 p.m. time slot of network television. So I truly think we're just going to continue seeing this trend no matter how interested we may or may not be in the leads of the season. I think the numbers are just going to get lower and lower until finally Bachelor is on a streaming service. That's interesting that the ratings were so low because the Instagram gains were not. Quick update on season 16 of The Bachelorette. Tasha has topped off at 1.7 million Instagram followers. Claire is at 1 million. It seems like this is where they will remain for the foreseeable future unless there are some big plays made god i feel so bad for fucking Tasha. i think she could have cracked two million if she would have had a full season even if they would have just paid her a little more attention given her an introduction package treated her a little better yeah. throughout the season i think she could have done it maybe a fact about her life <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally anything <laughs> who is this person i don't know and after the final rose also, you know, give her that bumper of like seeing her as a happy couple with Zach Clark. I think, I don't know if that would have done 300,000, but it would have been a bump. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not discounting 1.7 million followers. She was the first black player to crack the 1 million mark. All of that is great, historic. And I'm sure with her 1.7 million followers, she's going to be doing SpawnCon for as long as she wants. She's really going to be working in that health and space. beauty. The space. She's an astronaut. She works in space. She is now the player of color with the most Instagram followers as well. Catherine Giudici, or Catherine Lowe, has 1.5 million. So she beat Catherine Lowe. And on to season 25. Matt James, able to access his Instagram account through my burner account, is up 136,000 followers (laughs) from last week. He blocked us when we were... Posting about his COVID pool parties with Tyler Cameron. He hasn't blocked Bachelor Clues. His mom hasn't blocked Bachelor Clues. Just to let you know. Have you done a Patty post? I just did one. It's my most recent one. You did? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's still time. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, MJ is up 136K from last week, bringing him to 625,000 total. We think... He might be the first player to shatter the 3 million ceiling. This is a pretty huge gain for night one. Time will tell. But he's off to a fantastic start with this gigantic gain after only one episode. I think we're in this weird time right now where let's say he does hit 3 million and the total viewers of the show is dwindling in the 5 million arena. I do think in the next three to five years, we're going to see those numbers cross 
where the network viewership will be lower than your Instagram follower count. And this will be indicative of what's happening with all reality television. It is becoming social media. They are merging in a way that is far more important than I think any network television executive understands. And I think he really has the the potential to be one of the first people to do that. God, I hope he breaks through a million. I mean, do you think there's that many of his followers who haven't watched? No, because I think people are watching it in other ways. That network rating, the way that number is derived, is through Nielsen ratings boxes. That's still how they do it. That's night of ratings? It's night of, plus they give it, I think, two or three days on DVR. But like, mm-hmm. if you're looking at, if you're watching on YouTube Live or Hulu or any of that, that <laughs> shit doesn't go into this. And it's like, I think more people are watching it via these methods than they are network television plus two days or whatever. I don't know what their actual metric is in terms of ad revenue, like how they determine it, but it is primarily through the Nielsen ratings box, which is obviously an incredibly antiquated system. What do you mean? I think all of our ratings should come from extremely old white people. (laughs) They do. I mean, (laughs) you're getting your wish. That's how network television ratings are derived. Speaking of numbers on to the top five follower gains these are from when we recorded our player intros december 27th 2020 back last year to today january 6th 2021 approximately one week coming in at number one this player dominated gains this week with a massive 94 thousand followers a night one gain making her the first player to cross the 100k threshold from this season abigail herringer her fimp award no doubt fueled this incredible parasocial climb and we think we are going to continue to see massive gains from her all season she will very likely have a million followers before her time is up this season and she was our early on our early crown radar after just looking at her IG. This week, she is confirming why our early impressions were correct. By the way, she has already updated her Instagram and she now has two Instagram story highlights. She didn't have those before. She's learning very fast and I'm sure she has a bunch of social media managers reaching out to her. She's gonna be signing up with Lori Kay and her PR firm very soon. She's probably going to get whoever's doing the videos for Lauren and Ari's going to be reaching out. Hey, I could do some videos for you. There is this secondary network of people who make careers out of making media for them, managing their social media accounts. And with this gain, I think she's number one on their list. For sure. She was also on Bachelor Happy Hour this week being interviewed by Rachel and Dan Becca Kufrin, two previous crowns which also might have contributed to this massive gain. She's getting great exposure, and it looks like the show is mapping out a deep run for her. In our number two position for gains this week, it's Rachel Kirkconnell. The graphic designer from Georgia raked in an impressive 37,000 new followers, bringing her total to 46.3K amid swirling TikTok rumors of racism and bullying from her past. Will these gains continue, or will they taper off as new information comes to light in the coming weeks? It is hard to say, 
And we can attempt to look at a recent model in Victoria Fuller, who was outed as a White Lives Matter model, which did nothing to slow her gains down because she progressed all the way to third place in season 24. That was, of course, PEP's season. If this is any indicator, Rachel's performance in game this year could very well be more meaningful than whatever she's done in her past. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about her past and how we're getting this information a little later in the show. Coming in third place this week was Kit Keenan. She saw a gain of 30.5 thousand followers, bringing her to 75.8K total. The New York socialite turned in a solid one-liner performance, describing herself as the president, CEO, and king several times this week, and she seems to be engaging with Victoria Larson in what might be an early season rivalry. Keenan has a clear grasp of social media strategy, wearing one of her famous fashion designer mother's dresses out of the limo, and releasing well-timed articles about herself in various social media outlets on the Tuesday after her premiere. Keenan is here to play, and we think she is going to see at least 300k out of this season. I was more impressed with Kit Keenan than I thought I would be in the premiere in night one. She has a firm understanding of the game. When she said, you can't waste your limo exit, you yeah. got to do something big and brash. I was like, she understands this completely. She's definitely going to be in paradise. I think she's going to explode there. I think we're going to see massive gains for her. I do think she might hit a million total after her career is done. After her playing days are totally done, I think we're going to see her over the million mark. Yeah, I think she's going to be kept around for a while. A bunch of people sent me the tid that Rachel Lindsay is wearing her one of her mother's dresses that she designed in one of her recent Instagram photos. So she is connected. She's in the Bachelor Nation world in a very deep way. Coming in this week at number four, it's Sarah Trot. She has 13.8 thousand new interested followers, bringing her grand total to 26.2K. She was another pick of ours to make a huge move this season, and she's proving that prediction to have been a good one by showing up in the top five of a 32-player field. Congrats, Sarah. We are looking very forward to watching some of your date play this season, which hopefully is going to be coming up next week. You think she'll get a one-on-one? One-on-one, group date. She's going to be somewhere in the date mix. And really, one-on-ones to me are not as interesting as group dates because, yes, there's a rose up for grabs, a zero-point rose. Those are very important. You should always be trying to do everything you can to get them. But very usually in the one-on-one dates, it's it's just the first audience game. It's just what the player can do against the lead. I like to see second audience game. I think for me, I'm quickly learning. That's my favorite audience to watch is the second audience second. game. And that's why I love group dates. How are you going to befriend them? Are you going to do a not here to make friends strategy? I mean, there's just so much that can be done on a group date. There's IFIs. There's all kinds. Not that you can't do IFIs on a one-on-one, but they're kind of wasted and pointless. Group dates, they're fascinating to watch. I just, I really like group dates. I think she's going to be on one and I think she's going to fucking crush it. Wasted and pointless. We saw Vanessa Grimaldi's one-on-one IFI in a commercial of the best <laughs> dates of all time this week. Where she's puking in Nick Vial's mouth. You know what I was thinking about during that? Did they get paid? 
Did Nick Vial and Vanessa Grimaldi get some of that ad money, or is that just footage that the show can use no. in perpetuity yes. forever? Perpetuity, for sure. Perpe- for sure, they don't own any piece of the footage. But to be able to resell it as a commercial, I mean, I'm sure you're right. right. That's in the fucking contract. They give up their civil I mean, fucking rights. That is something I was wondering when they were replaying the goat episodes was, do they have to pay the leads again? And I don't know. This has not been answered. Even when they cut deals with like Hulu or Netflix to air old seasons, do they have to pay them again? I don't know. Especially in the case of like a Mesnick, for example, because in season 13, there wasn't Netflix. There wasn't Hulu. That shit didn't exist. So whatever contract Mesnick signed had nothing in place to secure the rights for further streaming things, you know? They might have cut a deal with them. I, I'm very curious to know about all these things, but we probably never will. Let us know, Jason Mesnick, <laughs> if you're listening. How much Netflix money you get, Mesny? Number five this week in gains went to Corinne Jones. She gained 12,000 followers, bringing her to 27K total for listening to Mari Pepin complain about the vibrator and for her swan song, Night One Girl Exit. A notable gain goes to Bree Springs, who came sixth place this week with a 10.7K gain, bringing her to 12.2K. Now, Bree employed a very interesting parasocial strategy this season by keeping her Instagram private up until the day of the premiere. This is something no other player did. All the other players, as soon as they were told by the producers, hey, you can go on Instagram, they fucking did it that day. And I would have actually said to do that. But here we see something a little interesting. Now, we don't know if this is an Mm -hmm. indicator of a potential deep run this season or if it was just her personal preference or strategy she's trying. But the buildup of anticipation associated with her account going public was certainly, I think, part of the reason for her gains this week. She didn't make top five, but narrowly missed it. I think it's an indicator i think the players who seem especially obsessed with their early gains were doing a lot on social media it can be an indicator that maybe they go home earlier and they're trying to maximize this time brie you know i she was went completely under the radar because she's private we didn't even go over her instagram but i feel like she has ring winner vibes Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's influenced by the fact that she was private maybe she just had a ton of shit she had to scrub off her instagram she was really (laughs) scrubbing hard i don't know i agree with you she has ring winner vibes and i think what we're seeing now really for the first season because the producers did this thing where they said everybody has to stay off instagram until this date to try and avoid us all kind of reading more into like, well, if they're posting now, it means they're not on the show. So they must've gotten kicked off. So everybody had the same date when they could go live. And she held that back. I do think what we're seeing from some players, an extreme thirst for followers is indicative of an early dismissal from the game or a midway through the season kind of run. I don't think people who make it a long way in the game are doing the thirst trap shit. And so I think you're right that this is an indicator she gets very far. And she had the alpha limo exit as well. The first one. And a solid blandy. Another notable game went to MJ the player, not MJ the dildo. She added 7.7K this week, raising her to 13K total. 
Her hair and her involvement in the dildo storyline were certainly part of the reason for her gains. Her flubbing her uh, her limo exit as well with the pizza car, I feel like, also endeared her to the fourth audience and the first audience. Yeah, I think she's going to do pretty well this season. I can see her like a top sixer kind of finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's showing that she has a good sense of humor and she knows how to hang in the cut with something where her name's getting involved, but it's attached to this fucking vibrator. Like she handled that (laughs) moment very well, I thought. And a lesser player might have gotten mad about it or hurt or even cried. She let it roll off her back, found the humor in it. And I think that that type of an attitude is very good for a player like her to uh, progress through the game. The smallest gain crown went to Imani Curl, a night one girl who gained 627 followers, bringing her to 3,718 total. Well, congrats to Imani. That's 627 new followers she didn't have before, so she's not walking away from our beloved game with absolutely nothing. (laughs) And now, on to the rest of the most important happenings in Bachelor Nation. This is bachelor nation news first up this week in bachelor nation news jordan kimball is engaged congratulations go out to the self-proclaimed mayor of paradise for his december 24th proposal to girlfriend christina creedon kimball posted an eight slide series to his main grid along with a short video of the event made by bailey hart a houston-based photographer and videographer the post served double duty as a chronicle of the big day as well as spawn con for james allen rings who is both tagged and included in the caption a strong move from kimball who still enjoys a healthy 450k following from a career in game that started way back in 2018 on season 14 of the bachelorette that was becca kufrin and took him through two seasons of bachelor in paradise the most recent of which was cut short after he was baited into a physical altercation with night one guy christian estrada Kimball was briefly engaged to Jenna Cooper after BIP Season 5, but the couple split shortly after shooting their season amidst allegations of Cooper's infidelity that were ultimately revealed to be completely baseless. Kimball and his new fiancée are eyeing a date in late 2021. Congratulations, Mayor. Love the spawn con in the engagement announcement post. (laughs) Ultimately, if it means you get a free ring absolutely a brilliant move i don't know i don't know if it was free i don't know if it was discounted but it's gotta be free whatever the case fantastic move very happy for our mayor and we wish him and his new bride-to-be a happy and healthy life ahead in the democratic future Speaking of beloved bachelor nation couples our second item of bachelor nation news P.P. and Kelly Flanagan have called it quits. The sad news was posted in P.P.'s main grid late last week in the caption under an image of the now defunct duo staring into the sunset. The caption reads, Love is a funny thing. It can make you feel on top of the world and it can make you feel pain you wish didn't exist. I'm here to share that Kelly and I have decided to go our separate ways. While our relationship was filled with countless beautiful memories, 
Our relationship simply didn't work out in the end. Kelly is someone I will always have a special love for, someone I've learned more from than she will ever understand. Someone I am so thankful came into my life and someone who I will always wish all of life's greatest blessing on. These moments in life always hurt, but in my opinion, that shows you it was worth the time you spent together. Thank you, Kelly. While conjecture flies around Bachelor Nation regarding the nature of the split, who might have been the one to initiate it, and why, all we know for sure is that Kelly posted an image of herself to her main grid three days before the breakup in which she was decorating a Christmas tree while wearing socks that had PP's face on them. The couple originally met at a hotel where Flanagan was attending a wedding and Weber was attending his high school reunion. She subsequently appeared on season 24 of The Bachelor, where she finished in fifth place after a surprise elimination on a three-on-one date. The couple reunited immediately after his season wrapped and have been dating for roughly a year. Although PP was one of only five players in history to breach the two million follower barrier, he currently sits at 1.9 million. Kelly Flanagan has turned her post-show romance with Weber into 824,000 followers, and it seems unlikely that she will experience any more growth without dating someone else from within the franchise. This is obviously world-shaking news. This is a couple that I think most people thought would go the distance because of the circumstance in which they got back together. And it was also a couple that we were kind of looking to as proof that the producers were manipulative and tried to keep people apart, even if they really did like each other. We know the Ides of March is coming. This is a date that people <laughs> said there were going to be big revelations coming from he and Kelly. And now we don't know what is going to happen with those. Obviously, eyes are on the Ides of March now. <laughs> they are for me. My eyes are on the fucking Ides of March. I was super excited. I thought they were going to come out with a book together or a podcast together, at least something to talk about how the producers tried to sabotage their relationship. But now... I feel like they may just let that fade into nothing because I'm not sure that they want to talk together anymore. As you said earlier, there's conjecture about why they broke up. And one of the rumors swirling is that PP cheated on Kelly. There's also rumors that Sweet Nums is involved somehow, PP's mom. Sweet Nums forced the breakup? I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of swirling stuff. We have no idea. We might never know. Um, I was sad at this news. I <laughs> look. I don't. I don't align politically with them, but I did really enjoy their cringe content. They were my cringe king and queen. I have no doubt PP will continue this, but I was sad. PP to me is very reminiscent of a George Bush Jr. It was like <laughs> I hated him when he was president. And then it's kind of fades. Like, as he gets older and he's doing paintings of people and shit, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, he's not that bad. You see Michelle Obama hugging him His and you're TikToks like, okay. Are W's. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I started warming up oh to him. And in retrospect now, PP has really become kind of one of my favorite leads. And that season is becoming my favorite season. Yeah. And I do wish When people ask well. me what season to start with, I always say PP. There's just so much in it that is very exemplary of gameplay and how the season is structured is extremely traditional. And it also gives you a very good idea of how manipulative producers can be. I agree with you. I think PP season is definitely one to watch to show someone what the modern game is. But I just, similar to you, I loved his cringe content. 
And I liked them together as a couple because they did really represent the idea that the show isn't about finding love. It's about tearing people apart who want to be together. That's the primary goal of the producers is to cause you psychological pain and distress, not help you foster a relationship. And I would say, even though that they've broken up, they did last for a pretty long time, at least as long as most ring winners last with their leads. So we are sorry to hear about the split and we wish both Kelly and PP and of course, Sweet Nums and Jet and Jack and 747 Flyer. We wish all of them the best. We hope that 2021 treats them well. Breaking news. This happened literally as we were recording. As our nation's capital is under siege by terrorists, different Bachelor Nation players are putting things out there. Their reactions. Here's Dale Moss on today's events. Everyone's telling me about 2020 and the shit show that it was. What's going on in D.C. is a joke. Legitimately, the double standard that this presents for everything that was going on after George Floyd and the protests and how people were being treated across the country. This is disgusting. People are literally standing on Capitol Hill and breaking into the building and nothing's happening and they're getting praised. That was the love of my life, Dale Moss, reacting to today's events. How is Matt James reacting? Well, on the flip side, Matt James posted a photo of himself golfing to his main grid. A very Trumpian move, but has since <laughs> yeah. taken it down. Oh, blowback. Blowback indeed. And he took it down within roughly half an hour of posting it. So he at least understands how visible he is at this point and that everything he is doing will be scrutinized. It's on Reddit. And we are now learning it has already been his <laughs> way to Reddit. Matt James posted this now deleted after people told him to read the room. He posted this image of himself carrying a golf club and the caption says, spent most of the time looking for my ball, golf emoji, faceplant emoji. We are living in unprecedented times when... <sighs> simply posting a picture of yourself having a fun sporting day on the golf course will make people enraged. But it's justified, I think. We literally are going through something that has never happened in America before. There are armed terrorists in our Capitol building in support of the sitting president. He's also, by the way, not replacing this with anything. He's not taking a look at our boy Dale Moss and being like, gonna follow the king. No. Well, this is also, it brings up all the questions that we had about Matt James when he was first cast. We have evidence that he was a registered Republican at some point in his life. We know that his mother is a Trump supporter. We don't know what his political leanings are now on this day in 2021 after everything that's happened in our country, after being cast as The Bachelor. We don't know, but we do have that past evidence. Yeah, Patty was following all of the Trumps. She's going to block you now. (laughs) (laughs) only if she listens i don't tag her you see i have my ways yeah i gotta (laughs) learn my lesson on that because it's really inconvenient to be blocked i'm learning and now back to the regularly scheduled news 
our final item of Bachelor Nation <laughs> news this week is the Bachelor Nation's sanctioned podcast world adds another member to its growing ranks with the announcement of Talking It Out with Mike and Brian, launching January 11th. The Mike is former player from Hannah Brown's season, Mike Johnson, and the Brian is the ring winner from Rachel Lindsay's season of The Bachelorette, Brian Abisolo. The announcement came via an identical post on each of their IG main grids. We don't know much about what the show will have in store, but we will be listening. And of course, we encourage everyone to leave them glowing reviews that also contain requests (laughs) for Game of Roses to be invited as guests on the new show. As I'm sure will be apparent soon, as we did with Clickbait, it is sure to be successful, this (laughs) new campaign. (laughs) Look, we may be the dark secret of the Bachelor world, but that is not going to be forever. If the things we're saying start to get into the game, eventually we will have to be on these shows. It will be absurd for us not to be. Well, I wish both of them a lot of luck. I have been saying that Mike Johnson should do a podcast for a long time, and yeah, it's an interesting duo. I would have thought he would have done it with Connor, but... Mm-hmm. Wait, you and I were even coming up with segments for a possible Mike Johnson podcast. I know. Is he going to take our segment idea? Maybe. I don't know if they listen to our show or not, but we would be happy to come in and just consult on the podcast. Mike Johnson, when he was on Hannah Brown's Bachelorette season, told Hannah in the beginning of the show that he already had three queens in his life, his mom, his grandma, and his sister, and that he's looking for the fourth. And I think that he should do a segment that is called Three Queens, and he highlights three women in society and culture each week and what they're doing uplifting women this is a fucking brilliant segment idea for him you have a little audio opener that is him talking about what the women in his life mean to him or saying quickly i love you mom i love you whoever whoever and then you just go right into it this week these are my three queens he says each one of them, they have a little conversation about it back and forth. This is a five to 10 minute segment every week. You can even end the show with it. A nice uplifting moment at the very end. Take the idea, Mike, Brian, take it, listen to it, use it. All we ask in return is mention that you got the idea here. Just say, this is a podcast we listen to called Game of Roses. They had a great idea for us. We're going to try it out now. Go listen to their podcast. That's all we're asking in return. All I ask in return, Mike Johnson, is that you say Game of Roses is your favorite piece of media and that you would love to date me, Lizzie Pace. (laughs) Well, it's been (laughs) elevated. The terms of the deal have changed. (laughs) Just to be clear, Mike Johnson, I am not asking for these things. I just want you to say Game of Roses on your podcast. Okay. Officially, Gore is not asking for these things. (laughs) But, you know. But whether they use our segment idea or not, or ever have us on as... (laughs) guests we hope they will but even if they don't we wish them luck we definitely are going to be tuning in on january 11th as should everyone else at least to listen to their first episode and kind of see what they're doing i'm always curious about bachelor nation podcasts how they're being put together who is incorporated like i'm i'm curious about mike and brian do they know each other are they friends or is this another kind of clickbait thing where they just took two people and said let's put them together and see if it works because this is a sanctioned bachelor nation podcast like bachelor happy hour like clickbait That wraps up this week of Bachelor Nation news. And now, of course, we move into 
The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. A lot of strong parasocial play this week, especially coming from the new players of Matt James's season. They are very quick to pull out their Twitter fingers, and it's amazing to watch what they're doing. We'll get to them, though. First, we're going to start out with Sweet Nums herself, a.k.a. Barb Weber. She gets a mention this week for wasting no time reminding us that she's the most powerful parasocial parent in the game by chiming in on her son's breakup with a post comment that reads, Love can be fickle, and it is not for the timid. Those who have experienced it know this all too well, but it is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Our hearts ache for you two. Kelly will always have a piece of our hearts, and we wish her only the best, Mom and Dad. Her supportive comment has 3,856 likes, reminding us that parents are free to play the parasocial game too, if they can figure out how to do it. And it seems like we are about to see some competition for Sweet Num's parental crown and the new Bachelor's mom, Patty James. Will this be the first parasocial parental rivalry? Time will tell. She's doing some Sweet Nums-esque style plays already. She's a number one hype woman for Matt James. She <laughs> reposts all of these things of him on her Instagram stories, which are just like Matt James thirst traps. And I'm just like, this is a bizarre dynamic. <laughs> Our second nomination for Parasocial Play of the Week. It wouldn't be a week in the parasocial arena without a play from the man himself. You guessed it. Dale Moss. He delivered another impeccable play this week in the form of an Instagram Reels post. The short video features himself and Bachelorette Claire Crawley dancing in the living room to the run DMC classic It's Tricky. Above each of their heads in black outlined white text are a series of analogous words and phrases describing each of them. Go out and stay in. Sweats and dress up. Younger and older early bird and night owl and finally the word babies is repeated above each of their heads as claire leaps out of frame leaving dale to remain there lingering in the final moment as he looks up at the words then back at us in a pure parasocial gaze just before winking and being drug out of the frame by crawley this post has 46.9k likes 611 comments and has everyone wondering if the new couple is actively trying to procreate in an era that is seeing fetuses dominate much of the parasocial arena, Moss proves once again that he has his finger on the pulse of creating compelling parasocial content. You're talking about glitter babies. You're talking about Lion Dyke twins. Can you imagine the Claire Crawley Dale Moss fetus? Are you joking? I (laughs) think about it every day. When this IG Reels came out, I was just like, oh, fuck. He's in every area of this. There is no part of the parasocial world that he cannot reach. Just through implication, I now am thinking about their fetus account that doesn't even fucking exist. He's already got a follow for an account that doesn't exist, let alone a baby that doesn't fucking exist. Can I suggest a baby name? It's a little unorthodox. Cybering. (laughs) They could call him Cy. (laughs) (laughs) yeah cute please please Dale Moss and Claire Crawley name your unconceived baby cybering yeah please that's another free idea from me you don't even have to date me for it but you can if you want 
I'm also available for Dale Moss. Is this helping? Yeah. Or hurting? Helping. helping. <laughs> Another parasocial play we wanted to highlight this week comes from somebody who's not actually a player in our beloved game. It comes from Maddie Bierster. She's an outsider to the Bachelor world, but she makes the list this week for her TikTok posts, claiming that current player, Rachel Kirkconnell, bullied her in high school for, in quotes, liking black guys. Since the post went viral in the Bachelor community, she has transitioned her account to private, but this thing is making the rounds all across Reddit, and it is stoking the flames of a growing fire that is trying to out Rachel Kirkconnell as having, at least in her past, have had racist views. And we are seeing more and more of these types of parasocial plays coming out from people that are old friends, old acquaintances, students that some players used to go to school with, et cetera, et cetera, revealing things about their past to us through TikToks, through Instagram posts. And I think this is going to be a trend that continues well into the future as the popularity of the show grows and as the parasocial presence of all these players grow. I think you're going to see more and more people bringing to light past subjects that have to do with our players' current in-game status. Speaking of parasocial plays by Season 25's players, Serena Chu entered the arena by filming herself telling her parents that she was going on The Bachelor. She added this to her Instagram stories. Her father says, oh no, and puts his head in his hand and his mo- and her mother says, you're kidding. I laughed so hard at this. It And I just truly appreciated the level of preparation that it took in order to get this material. She also posted it premiere day or right before premiere day. High level, Serena. It's brilliant. Every player should be doing this. Document every step of the way that you can. Record it all. The producers are going to tell you what you can and can't put out and when you can and can't put it out. But eventually, there will be documentaries made about the Bachelor process. Players going all the way through it. What happens to them after, before. All of this is going to be valuable. Anything that you've shot, Serena Chu, hang on to it. It is going to be used. And this is proof positive that it can be used for drastically entertaining purposes. Congratulations. Katie Thurston registers on the parasocial scale this week with a post to her IG story that's an image of her dress. And it reads, On September 19th, you guys unknowingly voted for which dress I'd wear night one for The Bachelor. I listened. This is high-level planning. She knew she was going to post this now and made the post then. This is similar to what Serena Chu is doing. This documentation yeah. of the entire process of going on the show, becoming a player, et cetera, et cetera. This is a new era of coverage. We've been saying this for a long, long time that we are now entering this kind of sports-like coverage era. And this is, to me, very similar to when you watch somebody get drafted into the NFL and they're sitting at home with their parents. Serena Chu's definitely was like this. They're sitting at home with their parents and they get the call and there's a ESPN camera on them when they get it. We're entering this phase and I fucking love it. Yeah, I am so fascinated as to what else is going to come out of Katie Thurston a bona fide TikTok star entering this game we've never had that before I think it's going to be a move toward that in Bachelor in the future Mm -hmm. I think there's going to get to be a point where you can't even come into the game with less than 100,000 followers on something 
that is a level of competition I don't know if I'm prepared to witness. <laughs> I think we're going to see it on Paradise. Yeah. God, do you think PP or Kelly will be on Paradise? I want both of them. That'll be the twist. PP shows up. Hey, everybody, yeah. it's me, PP. And then by the season, <laughs> by episode three, it's like, who's coming down the stairs? Oh, it's Kelly Flanagan. Enjoy that, PP. I want to see it. I want it. But our parasocial play of the week goes to Cassandra Suarez, a night one girl, and my choice for top four. (laughs) (laughs) She did a beautiful swan song TikTok video with her sister, Carolina Suarez. This is actually posted on her sister's TikTok account, in which they are both in the car. The caption reads, picking my sister up after being sent home, night one. And Cassandra screech cries along to a song while wearing her night one dress. This video has 3.6 million views and 616,000 likes. That is all you can do if you are a night one girl is prepare a ton of social media content for right after and hope you can capitalize on that little momentum. Cassandra released a bunch of different material in her stories, several different TikTok videos. She was prepared. What I would do if I was a night one girl is I would create my own season on TikTok. I would wear every outfit you would have worn on every date, green screen in Nemecolon, act out fake conversations with Matt James, create your own bachelor if you alternate universe, and you know, say which week you would have upped your love level, which week you would have played your PTC, what it is, how you would incorporate tears, or, you know, unify with the other night one girls like the getaway boys. I love that idea. I think that's fucking brilliant to just play out the season as an alternate universe. I would love to see her do that. This video blew my fucking mind. Obviously, it blew everyone's mind because it has 3.6 million fucking views. For a night one player, this is (laughs) insane, unprecedented. Yeah. And it's genuinely hilarious. She's super fucking funny. And it makes me sad that she's gone. I would have liked to have seen her in this season. It really felt like a redemption for me, (laughs) picking her in my final four and then her going home night one. Because I'm like, I saw it. I saw the genius there. It's there. Thank you, Cassandra. (laughs) And in some ways, this Parasocial Play of the Week win for her is a cautionary tale that you can have the talent, but you got to do something with it in the game or you run the risk of going home. And that's exactly what happened here. After seeing that video, I'm convinced she would have been a very good player and it just did not materialize for her. So, Cassandra, we are sorry about that and we hope that this Parasocial Play of the Week is some consolation that at least we see you. (laughs) You have greatness within you, and we hope that you can live out your days as a parasocial player and get some spawn con out of this. I think it's possible. I think she can. But you should have posted the video to your own account. Exactly. That is the one error with this. She <laughs> didn't put it on her own account. She should just post the video on her account. She turned her sister Maybe into an influencer because she got eliminated yeah. night one. It's just like, it's, it's misplayed a little bit, but nonetheless, a fantastic video that you made here and... We will be following you. We will be watching what you're doing as a result of this. So that was our big parasocial winner. But there were some parasocial losers this week. 
We have never had this many errors in one week, and we thought it was important no. to just highlight the mistakes some of the people are making in the parasocial arena. It's not all good plays out there, ladies and gentlemen. There were some that need some help. First up, there is a trend where people, a bunch of influencers are following where they say, they post this thing that's like, show me a picture of you, blah. And then the person who's watching the story can type in that box and then the player will go and look in their camera roll, post a picture of that thing that has been requested. Bennett Andrew Jordan this week posted the standard shot, show me a picture story. Then he did a second one that said, show me a picture of Bennett struggling in the question format with the background being a photo of him in the ICU as a premature baby. So he submitted his own question accidentally and clearly only did show me a picture in order to share his struggle as a baby. I mean, he posted on a bunch of other ones. I'm sure those were user-submitted questions, but it was clear from the format of this that he had posted this one himself. But the degree of errors in it is so strange, too. It wasn't just that he purposely made this post simply to ask himself a question that would lead him to post his own baby picture which he could have just posted the baby picture everybody would have been fine with that mm-hmm. you don't need this other weird context of like show me a picture of you struggling so then the answer is also <laughs> so were you only struggling as a child is there some joke in this that i'm yes. not getting that you have never struggled since your infancy i don't think he intended that but that is definitely how it came off <laughs> so error from top to bottom error in that you revealed yourself to be asking the question (laughs) and it's like did he think i mean i just i laughed so hard you guys can find this date card pod posted this on their main grid i laughed so hard so thank you for the chuckles bennett is a pretty good parasocial player too and this was just funny to see him mess up on this scale Kendall Long also had a parasocial error this week when she did not read Kelly's breakup post with PP because in the breakup post, she commented beauties. Clearly just a stock answer that she's like, oh, beauties, let me get in the comments because that obviously is a big piece of parasocial play is maintaining relevance by posting your comments and all the big players stuff because they come up first for anybody who's following both of you. And uh, here she clearly just did not read what this post was about at all. I mean, I tagged her in it when I posted it on our stories and she reposted it and said, guilty, but I do wish the best for them. Another error this week came from Victoria Paul from Pilot Pete season. She appeared to comment on her own post as herself. Yes, so happy for you. You deserve it all. And later it has come out that maybe it was her social media manager. They messaged me about this correction even if it was it is still a parasocial error in patronation you can't leave anything on the internet like people are gonna find it you can leave something up for two minutes screenshotted it's on reddit the hannah brown ig live she didn't ever post that video it was just an ig live of her saying the n-word that shit was and people everywhere over Reddit. It. Exactly. Yeah. And this is no excuse. It wasn't me. It was my social media manager. Then you got to fire your social media manager. This can't happen. It's very reminiscent of uh, yeah. 
Madison Pruitt. The Madison Pruitt. So, so genuine, genuine, so, so real. real. You can't do these things. This is just simply a misstep <laughs> that cannot ever happen. Especially I mean, if it's your job. Especially if she's hired a person specifically to handle her social media and they do this. That's not doing your job. But it was funny. I do like seeing it. It was very funny. More chuckles. It's always funny to see someone telling themselves, yes, so happy for you. You deserve it all. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I imagine her staring into a mirror and saying it every morning when she wakes up. Yeah, I still laugh when I think about so genuine, so real. I say the phrase so genuine, so real any in my head anytime I see something on TV that I know is a blatant lie. I'm always like, so genuine, oh so God. real. It just kind of repeats. Wow. That's iconic. Another error this season comes from a group of players, Chase and Nick, Jay Smith, and Spencer Robertson from Tasha's recent season of Bachelorette. We're out partying in Miami last week, and they blasted all of their social media with videos from them at packed clubs, dancing with women, of course, no one wearing a mask. Once again, in peak fucking COVID, more people died yesterday than have on any day since this entire pandemic began in the United States, and they are blasting their social media with images of this. Now, this is not uncommon, obviously. Casual COVID parties have been going on in Bachelor Nation since the beginning of the fucking pandemic, but We feel it's always an error to put this kind of imagery out into the world at this time because people are watching it and then it sinks into their brains that it's okay to do this if you're out doing it and we have to start curbing this or it's just going to get worse and worse. And that's, we're literally seeing the result of this type of shit right now. It's the worst it's ever been getting worse by the day. I mean, that is the parasocial error. By no means do we condone the behavior though. This is an error in life, Jason, Nick. (laughs) jay smith spencer robertson (laughs) yeah stop fucking partying i'm sorry take a break i know this he's riding this thing of like this is when he's going to get laid the most this is supposed to be the time when he's making his appearances after being on bachelorette but jesus fucking christ i mean spencer posted this on his main grid by the way hasn't deleted it he turned off the comments but there is just god hard to watch it's hard to watch but i do not leave my house (laughs) these are the times we live in and our parasocial era of the week goes to our breaking news matt james (laughs) he posted this picture of him fucking golfing while the literal capitol building is under siege by terrorists and in the time of our recording this podcast I've been able to secure some screenshots of some of the comments under the now deleted post i'm just going to read them to you Ooh. Jansen Walker commented, Matt, baby, you hot, but this ain't the time. Kai Coffee <laughs> commented, read the room, Matt, not the time. A. Gregorski commented, not now, Matt. There's a coup going on right now. Matt, there's a coup. You don't know about it? <laughs> he's he's apparently not watching endearing. the news. That Light Life commented, I did hear from someone that you are a low-key Trumper. So this is now surfacing in his social Mm. media. Addison Ramirez commented, I love you, but read the room, please. Ken Beard commented, this literally just reminds me of Trump golfing whenever there's a massive shit going on. By the way, it should be noted, he has removed this post. It is no longer on his main grid. It is in our Instagram stories, though, because someone posted it on Reddit, and I have reshared that. 
as the lead of the fucking bachelor your visibility is insanely high every post you make is going to be scrutinized immeasurably and screenshotted exactly i'm i'm getting people sending me the fucking screenshots i'm not asking for these we're literally recording this uh, we're talking about yeah. it as it's fucking happening as we said with the Hannah Brown inward thing, anything you put out there is going to be there for all time. It doesn't matter how quickly you try to take it down. You've just got to be a little better at the parasocial game than this, than posting a picture of yourself golfing. Like you don't have to necessarily comment on the Capitol building being under siege, but certainly don't post some kind of frivolous image that's like, I'm oblivious to this. Look, I'm golfing. Huge error. Yeah, he's taken it down. He has not replaced it with anything, notably, but... It is, I mean, it's so Trumpian to post photos of yourself golfing during a crisis like this. I, it's rough. I don't think he can post something in support or against everything that's going on. Either way, I think the producers have him fucking locked down. I think they tell him no political posts. I mean, the golf picture is political, though, in its own way. But I mean, he's not like posting go Trump or anything like that or... Even saying yeah. that this is bad, I don't think he's allowed to do. Love my boys in blue. Yeah. But, Matt James, congratulations. You got the biggest gains this week and made the biggest <laughs> error. One that is unconscionable at this point. But we'll see what you do in the future. Hopefully, you've learned a lesson from this and your parasocial game will be better for it. Now, we move on to that portion of our show in which Pace Case and I dive deep into the pit to discuss how our coverage of this show has radically altered our lives and the fundamental fabric of who we are as people, if we can even be considered people anymore. <laughs> this is... Screams from the Pit! Feels lonely in the pit here without Shoya, I gotta say. I know, it's just back to you and me. Back to screaming at clues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll try to do my best to be a Shoya type for you. Uh-huh. Uh, my scream actually occurred while we were recording our podcast that came out Tuesday, our game breakdown. It was a phenomenon that I experienced, which was when we were doing the hyper binge, I would write down the hair color and the dress color and type of every single woman in order to differentiate them coming out of the limo so I could tell if at that cocktail party they were making a steal or who they were talking to etc if their name wasn't listed in the Chiron under their face and when we were watching Matt James night one I realized that I knew who every single player was coming out of the limo. I didn't have to look it up. I didn't have to write down their dress color. I just already knew who all the characters were. And it was a shocking moment for me. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. I have leveled up. This is a new way of watching the game. That I have done so much research on these women. I have been watching all of their Instagram stories for months. It, I mean, it helped me for sure. It made it a little easier. But also, I felt that that general shame. <laughs> As I do with all my screams. I applaud you. I support this. 
This is a part of our transformation. I'm jealous of this. I wish I had this fucking power because I still was iffy on maybe half of them. Like, wait, who's that? Who's that? I had to go back to notes. I had to refer to shit. Yeah. The top players I know, I had them down cold. But once you get into that kind of bottom area where you're like, wait a minute, who is that? Where is she from? I still need to look at shit. That's such a valuable tool to be able to have. I aspire to it so I congratulate you on this screen. Sorry to brag. (laughs) My screen this week is very similar, but the opposite side of the coin, where your transformation into a human bachelor data machine is about names and faces. Mine is starting to become about Uh raw numbers, having nothing to do with names or faces, but the data that Uh is meaningful in gameplay. And as we are now deep into multiple chapters in our book, churning pages out by the day, I am forced to do some calculations that have to do with things that are important in the game. And I dug deep in the pit this week and I found some very important numerical data. I'm going to reveal it to (laughs) you now. My screen from the pit is actually, I think, a revelation. It is a discovery that I have made in the pit that I think is going to change a lot of people's minds about our beloved game, or at least one aspect of it. Okay. This has to do with... A lot of buildup. <laughs> look, when I discovered this, I was like, holy fucking shit, I'm about to change everything. Now, I know that's not actually true. I'm only going to change things for <laughs> myself. This only matters to me, but I think it's important to mention. So... I got into some statistics because we all know the first impression rose is an incredibly valuable rose. We believe it to be one of the most important roses in the game, especially on night one. And it turns out there's another rose that's more important than the FIMP on night one. Oh, yes. So let me just give you some raw numbers. The FIMP rose has been given out to now 21 different players. And I had to break these sets of data into meaningful eras because there is one season, season 17, Sean Lowe had 12 Fimp Roses. They allowed him to give out 12 first impression roses on that night. Mm-hmm. That season is a wash. But from that moment forward, a very interesting statistical meandering begins to occur. Season 18 through 24, the Fimp Roses finished with an average of 4.85th place. So almost in the top four every time, just a little bit out of it. Mm -hmm. With all Fimp Roses, they have produced one ring and one crown. The ring is Hannah Sluss. The crown is Rachel Lindsay. Those players are also within that season 18 to 24 chunk that I mentioned. So the Fimp Rose certainly has significance. It can give you a crown. It can give you a ring and it is going to guarantee you an average placement of 4.85 in the long season of the game. Now, let's take a look at a different rose. The first flower. This is the flower given to the first player in each night one rose ceremony. This flower comes with it a 3.14 placement average. This is a full placement ahead of the Fimp Rose. It guarantees you, you a serious? top four. Yeah. 
it doesn't guarantee you a top four. Sorry. It just gives you that average. There are some players who have gotten out of the top four, but you're looking at Claire Crawley, season 18, Juan Pablo, got second place. You're looking at season 19, Chris Souls, Caitlin Bristow gets third place that season. You're looking at season 20, Ben Higgins, Lauren Bushnell wins the ring that season, first place. You're looking at season 21, Nick Vial, Vanessa Grimaldi, first place. You're looking at season 22, Ari Leyendike, Becca Kufrin, first place. You're looking at season 23, Kaylin Miller-Keys, fourth place. And you're looking at PP season 24, Victoria Paul had the worst finish of a first flower, 10th place. Overall averaging, though, to 3.14. It seems, at least in this regard, that the first flower is a better indicator of finishing further than FIMP. And the most telling fucking data, first flowers have given us four rings and three crowns to the FIMP's one and one. Total? All seasons? All seasons. You had... Wow. Sarah Bryce, season seven, was the first first flower ring winner. And then you don't get another one again until the statistical chunk that I've talked about, season 18 through 24, which is a more modern kind of rendering of the game. You've got Claire Crawley gets a crown, Caitlin Bristow gets a crown, Becca Kufrin gets a crown and a ring. And then the other ring winners to put in that list are Lauren Burnham and Vanessa Grimaldi. I mean, I'm not surprised that First Flower, like we realized pretty early on that First Flower was some indicator. I did not realize it would beat the fimp that is unbelievable we need to stop the presses yeah it's really an incredible discovery and as i said when i was calculating the data i just felt like some maniac in a laboratory like discovering how to fucking you know turn lead into gold or something but to me, it is important. It statistically is important in the game because it means the Fimpros, at least in Bachelor, I don't know what the data is in Bachelorette, but in the game mm-hmm. of Bachelor, it is better for you to get the first flower than it is to get the Fimp. And I think a lot of players don't quite understand that. I didn't understand that. I don't think anyone even knew this I mean, until right now. No, no one, no one says shit about the first flower. And this is making me think, Bree Springs. Yeah. Ring winner. Prediction. I I think we may be looking at a FIMP crown and a first flower ring. That's what it feels like to me is happening. Interesting. Interesting. We shall see though. I'm very, I'm very curious as to how the Bachelorette data will be different. But that was it. That was my scream from the pit. I've made an incredible discovery in the dark corners of the pit and I've shared it with <laughs> all who dwell in the depths with us. That's beautiful. I wish all of our screams could be beautiful discoveries. Well, I think as we are getting more into this book, we have a, you know only a couple of months really to finish our first draft. I'm going to be cranking. I'm going to be in the pit fucking doing this shit all day long. <laughs> Bachelor Nation, I'm sorry we didn't warn you that you should be sitting down to listen to our screams. It's a great reveal. Indeed. But thank you for indulging our screams. We hope that you enjoy them. And thank you for coming with us today to talk about the occupation of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. by armed terrorists to indulge us <laughs> with some gains of all of our players of season 25. And of course, to go through Bachelor Nation News, the Parasocial Plays of the Week. Our next episode will be a Patreon episode that will be coming out Monday. 
and then we will be right back in it with our game breakdown of the second episode of Matt James's season on Tuesday. And thanks as always for sending in all the beautiful tids to at Bachelor Clues on Instagram. I love to read them. I savor them. They keep me alive. They are now essentially my only form of nutrition. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Another little bonus scream there. <laughs> and before we go, as always, what is the dwab at? It has been 6,862 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Lord Harrison. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.